0: What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down my biggest trade targets for week six of Fantasy Football. Today, we're talking about five guys that we are buying, three guys that we're selling. You guys know the drill around here. If you guys enjoy at any point, leave a like. Comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. But without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, so before we get into the five players that I'm targeting for week six of fantasy football, I want to reiterate some of the previous by-low candidates that I still think are great guys to go after, but I'm just not going to talk about them in depth again because I already did that in the previous couple weeks' videos. Jonathan Taylor, who I talked about last week, still a great by-low coming off of the injury. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, also good by-lows. J.K. Dobbins, Garrett Wilson, and Elijah Moore. Deontay Johnson, Dak Prescott, and Michael Gallup. These guys are still all solid by-lows. But I talked about them in either week five's video, week four's video, or in some cases, week three's video. So if you want to check out the explanations for those, go ahead and go back to those previous videos. But the first guy that we're going to talk about in the week six trade targets is A.J. Brown, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like teams have adjusted the way that they're playing defense against the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw early on in the season that A.J. Brown was a target hog, target monster, alpha wide receiver. And it looks like they're deciding to roll coverage his way, leaving Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard open to make plays, win their one-on-one matchups and produce at a high level in these past three games or so. I think the pendulum will swing the other way at some other point. AJ Brown still has a 29% target share on the season. He has 45% of the Eagles air yards, which ranks top three in the NFL. And he's getting over 40% of the targets on play action, which with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts can definitely lead to a lot of scrambles, a lot of big plays downfield. So I definitely love A.J. Brown rest of season. He's still a top 10 wide receiver for me. The Eagles are a top five scoring offense right now. I expect A.J. Brown, who's also an elite talent himself, to bounce back with no worries, no questions asked. I think this is a very low risk acquisition here that you can get for 90 cents on the dollar simply by the fact that A.J. Brown has not performed quite to A.J. Brown levels in the past couple games. And you can see some of the overreaction trades that people will make. They'll trade away guys like Damian Pierce, who I love, but not as much as I love AJ Brown. They'll trade away, you know, some of these guys here, uh, Devonte Smith and Travis Etienne, Jeff Wilson, Deontay Johnson, Michael Gallup and Josh Jacobs. I'd much rather have AJ Brown than any of these trade packages put together. And number two trade target of the video is Jalen Waddle, who's, Downplay mainly is due to injury, both his own injury and his quarterback's injury because he hasn't had his starting or his backup quarterback because both Tua and Teddy Bridgewater were not playing last week for the most part. And he himself has been dealing with groin injuries throughout the the season the last couple of weeks, and he's been limited in practices so far. He's been under 40 yards on only eight targets the last two games. And if you're ahead in your league right now, Jalen Waddle is the perfect guy to go after because once Tua Tungvalu comes back, who's practicing this weekend, is probably expected to be cleared week seven, week eight. He's a major positive regression candidate. We're talking about a guy who was commanding 50% of his team's air yards while Tua was on the field to nearly 10% now that Tua has been out. Uh, And the offense has kind of hamstrung their entire play based on what the quarterback situation has been. This offense was a top 10 unit in neutral script pace of play. When Tua was playing, they were top 10 in neutral script pass rate as well. They found a new run game with Raheem Mostert. Once Tua is back on the field, this could be a guy in Jalen Waddle that wins people leagues down the stretch because his usage has been great when we've seen him on the field with Tua. And you can get him right now, again, for 80, 90 cents on the dollar as a solid low risk acquisition because we know he's a great player. We know that the quarterback play is going to improve at some point. Jalen Waddle was acquired, you know, straight up for Kenneth Walker, straight up for Josh Jacobs. You can get Jalen Waddle and Chase Edmonds for Jeff Wilson and Antonio Gibson. Jalen Waddle straight up for Devontae Smith and DeAndre Hopkins. I would prefer the Jalen Waddle side in all of the trades that I just listed. And speaking of guys that are underperforming, we got Christian Kirk, who I talked about on Monday. Uh, I talked about the Jags lead dogs, Christian Kirk and James Robinson being guys that were underperforming. But Christian Kirk is the one that I'm more safe in in buying. Christian Kirk is due for positive regression. I don't think it's a coincidence that Trevor Lawrence hasn't played well the last two games that Christian Kirk has been quiet for. I think the Jags staff will realize this and start to scheme up more plays for Christian Kirk because when Christian Kirk was the big part of the offense, the number one receiver, they were winning games. They looked like a very formidable offense and he went six for 78 and two touchdowns the last time they played Indianapolis in week two. They play them this week, and I think he's going to get back on track in this game. He's still running the most routes on the team. He just needs to get the targets to go his way. I don't expect Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram and Zay Jones and all these other guys to consistently out-target Christian Kirk. I think it's just kind of wide receiver variance that we're talking about here. I think Christian Kirk gets back on track in this week's game against Indianapolis. And right now, again, another low-risk type of acquisition you can get. For James Robinson, you can get him. Uh, plus DeAndre Hopkins, apparently for Ezekiel Elliott. You can get him for Jamal Williams. You can get him for Curtis Samuel. You can get him for you know other guys, Michael Thomas, if you're interested in making moves like that. And I think Christian Kirk is a solid, solid buy low for those of you guys that play in deep leagues, full PPR leagues. He's definitely a top 20, top 24 wide receiver for me rest of season who is not being priced that way on the trade market. And the next two guys that we're going to talk about are the Detroit Lions. And this is only advice for those of you guys out there that are 4-1 and or 5-0 and because buying one of these two players, DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown, will probably lead you to be behind the eight ball this week and maybe drop a game in your fantasy matchups. But why I love buying both DeAndre Swift and Amon Ra St. Brown is because even despite putting up zero points this past week, the Lions offense still ranks top five in the NFL in points for this year. Swift and Amon Ra have a week off to get healthy. And by all indications, everything I've seen from fantasy doctors, their timelines were going to put them on track to play this week. And Amon Ra actually did see the field. Last week, another week off could do them only even more good. The perfect way to go is that if you're 4-1, and if you're 5-0 and on your fantasy teams right now, you probably have some sell-high candidates. You probably have guys that are overperforming where they are being drafted or, or the expectations we have for them rest of season. So if you have a Dalvin Cook, take your Alvin Kamara, your Leonard Fournette, your Derrick Henrys, whoever, to get yourself to DeAndre Swift, go ahead and do it. Or maybe in return, you can get Swift+. plus if that person really needs wins right now. You you might be able to get DeAndre Swift plus a Michael Gallup or a Elijah Moore or some other type of depth piece if that person really needs wins. Marquise Brown, Tyler Lockett, Chris Olave, Curtis Samuel, DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, or Gabriel Davis. All these guys have been kind of overperforming their roles as well, and you can use them to go after Amon Ross St. Brown. So that's a number of names that you guys can use to go after these guys, or best case scenario, if somebody's really frustrated, you might be able to do the classic two-for-one package where you take you know, middling production like Jeff Wilson types or Brandon cooks or Jacoby Myers package. Two of those guys together, go after a stud like Swift or a Ra to a frustrated manager who needs wins right now. Definitely think those all make sense as potential moves to make for these Detroit Lions players. Moving on to the final buy low trade target in Michael Thomas. And this one's a little risky and I wouldn't recommend it again, unless you're three and two, four and one or five and oh, but from a medical perspective, most grade one turf toes, which is what is believed to be Michael Thomas's injury, because if he had a grade two, he would be on the IR like Traylon Burks is right now. There are one to two game abs- uh, absences. About 65% of them over the past couple of years have been one to two game absences. Dr. Edwin Porras and Deepak Chona on Twitter have kind of, you know, enlightened me on this information. It's been announced that he's aiming towards playing this week. And if Chris Olave misses this game with a concussion, that may really push the New Orleans Saints to try and get him back. Reminder, that it is a turf toe on the opposite foot that he's been suffering ankle injuries for the last two years. So there's no real concern about this lingering. When he was on the field so far this year, he commanded eight and nine targets in the first two games of the season, scored three touchdowns in those first two games, and then got injured in the third game. So we're not sure what the quarterback situation is quite yet. We don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be back. We don't know if it's going to be Andy Dalton yet again, because Jameis Winston's dealing with a back injury, dealing with an ankle injury. But I do think even if it is Andy Dalton, it might not be the worst thing in the world because Michael Thomas. Is an easy chain moving type of target that Andy Dalton could gravitate towards. So I think we could see Michael Thomas's value spike from where it is right now, which is like a middling wide receiver three in trade discussions, to if he has a great game with Chris Olave out of the lineup, or even if Chris Olave plays, we could be talking about a guy who sneaks back into that wide receiver two range. Maybe a guy that you just buy have a big week this week and then sell him again. Or if you want to hold on to him the rest of the season, that's your call. But I do think he is a good guy to go after, a guy that could see his value increase after this game. And you're going to see some of the guys that he's being traded for are middling production type of options. Miles Sanders, James Conner, Carson Wentz, James Robinson, uh, this package deal here with Debo Samuel, David Montgomery, any type of option like that makes some sense to go after Michael Thomas using and same goes for all those wide receivers I was discussing that might be overperforming your Curtis Samuel types etc so moving on from the buy low candidates talk about some of the sell highs and I have a bunch of high priced high priority named running backs in the sell highs this week because I do think There's a couple prime by low candidate running backs that I want to go after. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor still applies. DeAndre Swift still applies and a number of guys like that. So if you can use some of these running backs that I'm about to say to go after some of these other elite running backs, then I would definitely make those moves. So The first guy is pretty obvious. It's Dalvin Cook. It's an easy one for me. Dalvin Cook showed just enough that I think you get a selling window out of him. And I suggest those of you guys that drafted Dalvin Cook take advantage of it. I wouldn't take this as a sign that Dalvin Cook's going to be great for the rest of the year. I would use this as a selling window. His usage has steadily declined for all five weeks of the NFL season. He started off. 77% of the snaps, then he went down to 69%, 61%, 62%. He's been losing routes every single week to Alexander Madison. And in fact, Alexander Madison, for the first time this season, played more long down and distance, played more two-minute drill, ran more routes than him, and played on more third downs. So Dalvin Cook is also not playing at previous Dalvin Cook levels. He's 33rd in tackles avoided per attempt in the NFL. Just 2.5% of his runs have gone for more than 15 yards, 40th in yards created per touch, number 50 in fantasy points per opportunity. Just sell the guy. He's clearly over the hill, in my opinion. He's clearly not the same player he was in 2018, 2019, whatever. Go after all the guys that I mentioned in this video so far DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor. Use Dalvin Cook to move onto those pieces. Number 2 sell high candidate we have is Derek Henry and this one is definitely one that requires some projection and I know somebody's going to go to the comment section and not like what I have to say about this and call me probably a moron but the reason I think Derrick Henry is a good sell-high candidate is because a lot of the risk that comes with Derrick Henry has been mitigated recently with how well he's been playing. And I'm not denying he's playing really well right now, but we saw how steep the fall-off in value can be for Derrick Henry after a couple down performances. And the game he had against uh, the Buffalo Bills, we saw his, his fantasy value completely plateau. Since then, Derrick Henry has strung together three very solid and even really great fantasy performances and I still think he's a mid to back end wide receiver or running back one Moving forward, but this is why trading requires strategy. His risks have not gone away, right? He's still a 29 year old running back. He's still coming off of a major injury, and more touches doesn't help his case to stay healthy long term. So you might be able to use Derrick Henry, mitigate some of the risk that you're getting with how old he is and how many touches he has under his belt, get up to a DeAndre Swift, get up to a Jonathan Taylor, get up to a Brees Hall at the moment. Maybe you can even get stuff on top of those players in Brees Hall's case. This type of sell high is all about market perception, right? I don't think Derrick Henry will be terrible necessarily. I think he's risky. I think he's a back-end RB1 that comes with some risk of wearing down as the season goes along. But I think the market views him as a top five, locked and loaded running back, set it in, forget it. He's going to be just fine for 16-plus games. And they're forgetting that he's still quite risky because of his age, because of his career touch workload. So if you can take Derrick Henry and upgrade him into a less risky, also elite asset, then I would definitely be looking to do that. This guy trades away, you know, like I said, you might be able to get Brees Hall plus for Derrick Henry. He trades away Derrick Henry for Brees Hall and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Maybe you can get Brees Hall- And, you know, Devontae Smith or Brees Hall and whatever, maybe you can get DeAndre Swift. Maybe you can get Jonathan Taylor. That is what I'd be looking to do if I have Derrick Henry on my roster. I do think his value could take a steep fall off if he suffers any kind of injury, if he misses any time, whatever the case is. And the third guy that I'm going to talk about is also a high price level running back who I still think is a back end RB1 rest of season. But again, this is all about market perception. Leonard Fournette, this might sound crazy to you guys because he was literally a buy low for me two weeks ago in the week four trade targets video, but this is how I play fantasy, fellas. I trade all the time. I will trade for a player with the intent of using them for one game that I think is gonna be good, and then I'll flip them again. The market reacts to something and you're able to take advantage of that reaction. Use it to tear up in the running back position. The usage is not the same for Fournette as it was to start the season. We saw at the beginning of the season, Leonard Fournette was getting all of the valuable work, like 90% of the snaps, all the routes, all the long down distance, all the inside the five work. But now they are mixing in Rashad White. Rashad White has started to carve out a Tony Pollard-esque role. And Dwayne McFarland, who does these utilization reports, has literally compared him one-to-one to Tony Pollard, saying the role is virtually the same for both players. And number two, fortunately for Leonard Fournette managers, the reason that you can still sell him for high is because he's been producing despite Rashad White eating into his workload And that doesn't look like it's going to continue long-term. Leonard Fournette has not been overly efficient this year. He still comes with risk as someone who hasn't finished an NFL season in his entire career. He's a 27-year-old running back with over 1,000 career touches under his belt. So he has the same relative risks as any older running back of wearing down throughout the season, and that's not factored into his price right now. He's still a back-end RB1. I still think he's fine. I don't think you have to sell him, but what I'd be doing with Leonard Fournette is testing the market, seeing if you can tear up, seeing if you can get to Jonathan Taylor using Leonard Fournette, seeing if you can get to DeAndre Swift seeing if you can get to Brees Hall, or if you want to just go to the wide receiver position, see if you can get to AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, et cetera. If you can't get to those guys, then by all means hold Leonard Fournette. But at the moment, I think there's a discrepancy with where his value is and where his value might be perceived in your fantasy league, despite what offense he plays for and all the peripherals surrounding Leonard Fournette. So like I said, if you guys enjoyed this video at any point, leave a like down below. We really, really appreciate it. It Helps us grow, helps us grow in the algorithm and it takes two seconds and we really, really genuinely appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. About 70% of you guys that watch these videos are not subscribed. It costs you nothing and we really appreciate that as well. And leave any comments for trades down below. I'll try and get to as many as I possibly can. For the um, risers video, I got to like 100 comments. So, definitely leave your comments down below. And if you guys are interested in my rest of season rankings, my weekly start sit rankings, uh, dynasty rankings manifesto, first dibs on dynasty decisions, access to our private live streams every noon Eastern on Saturdays. Our Patreon link is down below in the comment section, uh, in the pinned comment, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange will get you access to all of that. You'll also get full access to questions being answered by us. We get to all of our questions that our patrons ask us. So we definitely really appreciate all the support for those of you guys that have supported us over there. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.